0: Welcome to a brand new episode. Mike Driscoll, The Python Show. Hello, and welcome to The Python Show with Mike Driscoll. I'm your host, and today I am going to talk about Python GUI frameworks. Now, what is a GUI, anyway? A GUI is just a fancy term for the elements that you see when you're um, using your computer. GUI stands for graphical user interface, GUI. And most people pronounce it GUI, like a GUI chocolate chip cookie, for example. And it just kind of describes all those little things that you see when you're like on your, on your computer. So let's say you open up a program like, like your notepad or um, like your web browser notice that there's some buttons on there. There's like a close button in the top left or the top right. Um, there's a place where you can like type text, like your address bar. That's called a text widget by most people. Um, there's places that you can't edit that show text. That's like a label or a static widget. And all these things, when you put them together, create your GUI, your desktop GUI. Now there are other types of GUIs. For example, on a web page, you might have buttons on the web page too, and you'll have text and editable content parts and non-editable parts. That's a type of GUI as well. I'm primarily going to focus on desktop GUIs in Python in this talk, but I'll I'll mention a little bit about some of the web frameworks too, just because that is a type of GUI and it's completely cross-platform as well. So I've been doing uh, work with Python GUIs pretty much my entire career. When I first started working in Python, I was asked to take um, code that was written in VBA, or Visual Basic for Applications, on top of Microsoft Office, and replace it with uh, a Python GUI instead. So let's talk about you know, why, which uh, package you might use for something like that, and what's different between the different packages. So if you go looking for Python GUIs, the first thing you'll notice is that um, the Python programming language itself, the standard one that you download from python.org, comes with a cross-platform GUI package called tkinter, or tkinter. Um, this package is a wrap, wrapper around it, the Tickle language, and it um, basically makes, is a, makes a really nice little cross-platform GUI. It doesn't have all the bells and whistles that some of the other ones have, but it's super powerful and you can create custom widgets fairly easily in it. Um, One thing that I've noticed with tkinter is that, you know, if you're on Linux and you have Python pre-installed, because tkinter tends to be a larger uh, package in Python or a larger library, it's not always included with the system Python, which is the one that's pre-installed with your operating system. So, you know, if you try to import it on Linux using the system Python, you're probably going to get an import error. I've also seen that on Mac when Mac was still distributing Python uh, on their OS. But uh, that's easy to fix. You can install it yourself if you want to, or you can just download a newer Python and install it side-by-side with the system Python, and it should include the tkinter package. Now, the problem with tkinter, in a lot of people's opinion, is that it looks kind of dated. Some even call it kind of an ugly uh, system. But for a beginner, and for most people in general, unless you're trying to make something look really... Really, really nice or really like modern um, Tkinter works just fine, and for internal tools, there's really there's really nothing wrong with it. It has an open license. It's easy to use. It comes with Python. Um, really, my my beef with it is that the documentation isn't that great, and you kind of have to search a lot to figure things out. But you'll find that that's probably true of most um, GUI platforms on in Python. So. Anyway, the reason I didn't end up using Tkinter is because Tkinter didn't have all the widgets that I needed. Now, a widget is those things that I was just talking about that make up the GUI on your machine. So, like a button is a widget or a text control is a widget. Um, I needed like a list control or a spreadsheet type widgets, and Tkinter just didn't have those at the time. So, I looked at some other packages. Uh, WXPython or WixPython is a good alternative. That its claim to fame is that it actually wraps um, the standard widgets on each platform, so it's actually using the real widgets that you would use if you were actually developing for Mac OS or Windows OS or Linux OS. So it might wrap the GTK widgets on Linux, and it might wrap WinForms on Windows or whatever the standard is now in Windows. And you know, for a long time, Cocoa was the standard on on Mac, so it would wrap those. And of course, DBX Python also had its own custom widgets that you could create or use some of the ones that are included with it. One of the things for me when I found DBX Python is, first, it looked like a Windows app, which is what I needed. Secondly, it had a demo, which was a cool little application that was included with it that would show you how to use the code in DBX Python to create different things. So the demo would demonstrate you know, all, all the Hundreds of different widgets that come with wxPython, and it included the code. And not only did it include the code that created the demo, but you could actually edit the code in the demo and reload those demos for individually, and see how the how the code changed, and then revert back to the original demo if you needed to. Just made it just made a nice little sandbox to play around in and learn how to use the the GUI package. Um, that's the one I ended up choosing and using because it has all the widgets that I needed. But it also looked right to me. The other tool at the time that I could have gone with was PyQt, or PyQt. This uh, library is made by Riverside Compute uh, Bank. I think it's Riverbank Computing. I'm not sure of the name. I'm pretty sure it's Riverbank. Anyway, they basically wrapped uh, the Qt framework, which is a C++ framework, that is also cross-platform, and attempts to emulate native widgets. So it doesn't actually wrap the native widgets, it just looks like they're native. So they may perform a little bit differently than how a user would expect them to, but they're so close, most users probably won't notice. Um, I should mention that uh, WX Python also is a wrapper around a C++ library too. So basically you have tkinter, which wraps a tickle, then you have WX Python and PyQt, which both wrap separate uh, cross-platform C++ libraries. and Other than that, um, they're all all pretty good. PyCute, I think its main thing that people like about it is that it has a what-you-see-is-what-you-get editor, kind of like Visual Studio. So you can actually drag around and design your interface uh, in a UI and uh, then export what amounts to kind of a UI file. It's kind of an XML-type file that then uh, the Python can take and read and regenerate your UI based on that. Kind of separates the concerns a little bit. And some people find that a really pleasant way to develop their their GUIs. Now, the problem that I've always had with those what you see is what you get editors is that they end up adding a lot of boilerplate to your code, or they potentially can. And trying to get those things tweaked so they're just exactly where you want those widgets to be on screen. Using one of those tools can be a real pain. Um, I re- I worked for a company where uh, mainly em- employed C++ developers and they used Qt, the C++ library, to uh, create an embedded GUI platform or application on as that platform. And I got to see firsthand just how noxious using Qt Creator and Qt Designer could be for trying to get um, complex GUIs laid out. You try to get stuff to snap into there into their sizers, which basically control how a, how a screen will resize in a certain direction. And there's lots of little finicky things you had to play with to get it just right. Um, I don't know if it's easier to do it by hand or not, but that in WX Python, I did all of my coding by hand and layout by hand. Um, I should mention that WX Python technically has some tools that's supposed to emulate Kind of a "what you see is what you get" type type thing, but they're not well maintained, so I don't I don't remember what they're called right now. But um, I think there's one called WS Glide. I and that was the the big one for a long time. They're nowhere near as full featured as what comes with PyQt and the QTE Designer. So if you really like that kind of thing, that that's probably where you'd want to go. However, the limiting thing in my mind for PyQt was that the license was kind of complex because they have a free license and a commercial license. And now I think they have an educational license as well. And it's just, it's just confusing to me. I think the licenses have gotten a little bit nicer, though. At PyCon, I was talking to some people who use PyCute, and they said that it's, it's a lot more straightforward than it was you know, 10 years ago. However, I do want to point out that there is an alternative to PyCute for people who want to use Qt in Python. And that is called Qt for Python, or PySide. So, There's a long story behind this. But basically, I believe it was Nokia bought the Qt company, which ran ran the C++ Qt library. They owned it for a while. And they decided, hey, let's wrap it with our own Python wrapper. And basically, they created PySide, which is almost a drop-in replacement for PyQt, which is made by Riverbank. Well, anyway, uh, Nokia got bought out by someone else. And someone else bought them out etc. Cetera, et cetera, And so PySide went away and then it came back. And right now, uh, the, way, the way the current incarnation is called Qt for Python, even though the import is like PySide 6. Um, and it's all owned by the people who own Qt itself. So I believe Qt is now run by like the Qt company. And so they they maintain the C++ reference library. So people who like, want to use the C++, Cross platform stuff, they can use it um, if they want, or they can use uh, Qt for Python. I believe they also have a commercial license. I don't remember what it covers though. But anyway, it also works obviously with the, the Qt creator and Qt designer tooling as well because they're all made by the same people. Um, the main difference that I'm aware of currently is I believe PyQt um, supports mobile and Qt for Python does not, even though. The underlying library, Qt, or Qt, does support mobile. For some reason, that part has not been wrapped by the Qt for Python designers. Maybe that's changed. If it is, you know, drop it in the comments, and I apologize in advance if I got that wrong. Anyway, so that, that kind of gives you the nice sort of details. In my mind, the big three of the GUI frameworks are tkinter, Python, and PyQt, but there are some new contenders out there. Um, I want to say around five years ago, one of those new contenders came out and it's called PySimple GUI. And PySimple GUI is basically a wrapper on top of Tkinter, WXPython, PyQt, and there's a web framework that wraps around too. So you can basically uh, design a GUI and then if you import um, a particular version of PySimple GUI, it'll change the widget set tool set. So let me back up. What does PySimpleGUI GUI do? So PySimple GUI um, basically makes it much simpler to get into writing GUIs for Tkinter, WXPython or PyCute. The way it does that is it abstracts away all the boilerplate code. And in fact, it, it abstracts away all the classes that you normally have to create if you wanted to create a GUI with WXPython or PyCute. In fact, it is very encouraged by the PySimple GUI community to write, write your GUIs in a, in a function, functional code rather than object-oriented code. So it's a little bit of a mind shift uh, to switch to PySimple GUI, but it does a pretty good job. Um, by default, if you uh, pip install PySimple GUI, you will get uh, the Tkinter port. It fully supports Tkinter and all of its w- widgets, which is super nice. I believe at most, it's like 90%, maybe even 99% uh, supports of PyQt, and there's only a partial uh, port of DBX Python. But basically, if you want to switch, you just change the import at the top of your file from you know, import uh, PySimple GUI to import pysimplegui GUI uh, WX or import PySimple GUI Qt, and that, that's it. Now you can use the Qt widgets or the DBX Python widgets instead of the tkinter widgets. Anyway, um, funny story, Uh, when I was writing my book, um, Image Processing with Python, um, that book is about the Pillow package, which you can use for working with images in Python. And I wanted to create a GUI for each chapter that would kind of implement all the different things I was learning um, about Pillow, and just kind of give the user a way to easily apply filters and transformations and whatnot to their images, and uh, also apply what they learned uh, in the chapter, and I wanted to do it in Debex Python because that's the one I'm most familiar with. One of my readers, one of my early alpha or beta readers, was like, "Hey, you know, you could write this in PySimple GUI, and it would cut down the number of lines of code by half or more." And I was like, "Really?" So I went and checked it out, and I did try it, and they were right. I could, I could write the same GUI with PySimple GUI in half as many lines. Which made explaining the GUI in a book format much, much easier. So I switched and now I use PySimple GUI in my in my book because of that. Um, it works really well. I highly recommend checking it out. And if you look at like number of downloads uh, per month, I think it actually tops out the other three that I used to think of as the top three. And they're certainly the ones most people think of first, probably, but maybe not so much now that PySimple GUI has gotten so popular. Um, there are still other toolkits out there. Um, when PySimple GUI came out, it was competing with EasyGUI, which is basically a lightweight layer on top of tkinter to just like create dialogues, basically. Um, I believe Al Swigert is one of the developers for EasyGUI. He, he helps uh, maintain that particular one, and he is the writer behind uh, automating the boring stuff with Python. Super cool guy, neat package. But it's nowhere near as full featured as PySimpleGUI. And I believe there's another one, um, I don't remember what it's called, but there's actually like an abstraction, a uh, simple GUI for Qt as well, that basically copies the API of PySimpleGUI, but it only works with the Qt library. Definitely something worth looking at, but if you want the flexibility of being able to switch between three different backends, ends, GUI is probably still the one you'd want to go with. Um, I recently came across another one called uh, Custom tkinter, which basically at makes TeKinter look more modern. It kind of adds um the material design to TeKinter kind of a neat neat way to make your TKinter apps look more modern anyway. I don't think it really does much more than that, but it's it's a neat little plugin um if you want to go like completely different um Deer pie Gooey's a good one to go with. That, way, that one like draws all of its widgets itself, kind of like PyCute, but it doesn't try to look native. It just kind of does its own thing. And it looks really powerful. They have a really neat demo, definitely worth checking out. I keep playing with it a little bit, but I just haven't gotten deep enough into it to really recommend it or not recommend it yet. But I think it's really cool because it does have that awesome demo, which lets you see how to do things in your PyGUI, and it'll just help you uh, learn it better. Um, I only have a couple more to go about talk about now, so let's um, let's think about um, you know we have macOS covered, we have Linux covered, and we have Windows covered. Those are probably the major desktop GUIs that you'd want to target for. But what if I wanted to write a Python app for Android or um, OS X or not OS X, um, iOS? That's the word. iOS. Can you even do that in Python? The answer is yes, you can. Supposedly, PyQt supports mobile programming. I've seen some some documentation that says that it does, but I've yet to find a good example anywhere online that shows how to do it. So I'm not going to recommend that for mobile, even though I think it can do it. What I recommend if you want to do mobile with Python is to check out the Kiwi package. Kiwi uh, doesn't try to look native on iOS or Android or any anything, it just does its own thing, kind of like Deapy GUI does. But it does it really well, and it has plenty of widgets. And it has lots of um, additional um, plugins you can add to it. So it also has like a material design plugin. I guess KiwiMD is what they call it. Anyway, really neat library, but I find that Kiwi has a really tough learning curve compared to any of the other ones I've talked about so far. And part of the reason it's got a, a, a higher learning cor- curve is that they have the regular Python code at piece and then they have kv itself, which is kind of a subset language. And it's kind of, um, I would call it kind of a CSS type language that you can use to define your your GUI. So you can define all your GUI with the CSS layer and then use Python to like generate um, your UI from that kv file. It's an interesting way to separate the pieces, but it does take a lot of extra learning. Um, The other one I want to mention is called Toga, which is a package uh, from the Beware company. Beware has a lot of different applications. One of my favorites is Briefcase. Briefcase is basically a way to turn your applications into an executable on Windows or an app on Mac. And Toga is actually trying to do kind of what WX Python did, but have a more Pythonic interface. So Debix Python and PyQt, because they wrap C++, they tend to have a more boilerplate C++ heavy writing system. Even though it's written in Python, it looks kind of like C++ in some some respects, especially the boilerplate part does. Toga is like straight up Python all the way across, but it's trying to wrap a lot of the native widgets whenever it can. And their main focus, I believe, was on iOS originally. Now they have a lot more Android support, and technically, I, I believe they work on the major platforms as well. But their main target is just um, mobile, I believe. Whereas Kiwi works on all platforms—you know, Mac, Linux, Windows, and um, Android and iOS. The main thing I've noticed with Kiwi is that it can be a pain to get it to do to uh, create an actual iOS app. So I wrote an article for Real Python and I was able to get Kiwi working on a Linux machine and I could generate the Android builds without too much problem. It was a little bit painful but not not terrible. But when I tried to get that iOS app to build that same code to build as an iOS app on my MacBook, I could never get it to build and no one could ha- no one was around to help. Their their te- their uh, team is not was not helpful at that time to me. And so I just couldn't get it to work. So something to keep in mind, cool library. I really, I really do like Kiwi, but it is really hard. Uh, and in the up-and-comer category, I would uh, now include uh, textual. So textual um, is a TUI, or a, some people call it a text-based user interface. It's a GUI for your terminal, basically. And so you can actually add buttons, scrollable widgets, um, lots of labels, and, and other little cool cool tools in your app. And it makes it really easy. It's so much nicer than Curses is. Curses is a, another type of TUI you can create uh, within Python. And I believe there's even a Curses library in Python, but I don't remember if it does the UI part or just the back end part. Regardless, if you install textual, uh, it does a really awesome job. You can get stuff set up in you know twenty lines, thirty lines. You'll have a you'll have a hello world uh, done in no time, and I really like it. The colors are pretty, and it's a pretty snappy overall uh, tool. Definitely something something worth looking at. All right, so I did promise I'd mention um, some of the web frameworks out there. There are some like Electron type um, Python packages. One of them that I've seen is something called Nice GUI. I wouldn't call it exactly Electron. I believe it's actually based on uh, Fast API, but you can use this tool, Nice GUI, to create a pretty nice-looking GUI that works cross-platform. But it's basically web pages underneath, and it's served up using Fast API. And there are some other tools out there too um, that you can use as a kind of a Electron-type app, or at least Um, that sort of thing. I believe one of them is called Flex, for example. And they just let you, you know, write your UI using HTML and Python and then deploy it as an application for your desktop. Those are worth looking at. They don't look native, but, I mean, Slack doesn't look native, and a lot of people like Slack. And there are other, you know, electron-based apps that people really like that are complete resource hogs. So, anyway... I definitely recommend checking out those different ones. They're super cool, lots of neat tech there. And you know I'm just kind of a, a GUI nerd when it comes to Python. I like playing with them and trying them out. Um, anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this talk. And if you happen to find any other GUIs that I forgot to mention, go ahead and mention them to me in the comments or send me an email. I'd love to hear about them. And maybe I can talk about them in one of my future episodes. Anyway, thanks so much for joining me on the Python show. Don't miss the next episode. Mike Driscoll, The Python Show.